One thing I know for sure is that the enemy isn't just outside, physically and spiritually. Through many life experiences, I've learned that the enemy will dwell anywhere that he is allowed. First, we must keep in mind that the enemy is a spiritual being first and foremost. He only manifests physically when he has found a home vessel to reside in. And with that being said, the enemy will take residence, vacation, and or take up space spiritually in adults and children. No one is exempt from the plans to be devoured by the enemy. Many adults and children aren't even aware of the enemy at all. And they just think things that happen to them are bad luck and karma. Sometimes, yes, but most times we are, we fit, but most times we fail to realize that we are under attack from the enemy. In order to set captives free, we must know the plans and plots, the setups, and the tactics of the enemy. The enemy attacks every part of our being, spiritually and physically. It's no secret that the enemy uses children and adults to carry out his assignment, but he attacks us as well, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and verbally too. He will mentally and emotionally take children captive and feed them lies just as well as adults. Just as well as he will feed us lies mentally and emotionally and disrupt our peace, he will disrupt the peace of children as well. He will tell children and feed children lies as well that they aren't enough. That they're not anything. That they won't become anything when they grow up. That they are useless. That they are ugly. That they are nobody. That nobody loves them. So parents, are we equipping our children to know the voice of the enemy from the voice of God? Are we teaching them how the enemy attacks us emotionally and physically? Do we as parents even know and understand this and the depth of the enemy spiritually? The enemy could take over our thoughts and feed us lies. And then that affects us emotionally until we're stressed and depressed, sad and confused. The enemy will use a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, any type of family member to attack anyone mentally, spiritually, physically, verbally, emotionally are we teaching and equipping ourselves and our children for mental and emotional spiritual warfare against the enemy when the voice of the enemy takes over us or children of any age when we look at some kids we can see that the devil has manifest when we see these kids going on killing sprees when we see these kids killing people in the malls, when we see kids killing people in schools, and these be children, some of them don't be adults, some adults, some are children, but we know that the enemy has taken them captive mentally, emotionally. The enemy has gotten a hold to them when we see some kids commit suicidal acts as well. And this happens when the enemy has taken captive the mental and emotional state and well-being of a person, a child, an adult. 
So again, although the enemy is outside and we see him outside everywhere in our government, and our streets, we see him outside everywhere committing all kinds of devious acts and crimes, but the enemy exists as well in our homes, bringing warfare against family members, against ourselves, making us go to war with ourselves. So many people don't know that we all single-handedly fight mental battles on our own that we don't even speak about. So are we fighting back in our home against the enemy? Are we teaching and equipping our children to fight back against the enemy as well? The enemy seeks to devour them just as well from the time they exit their mother's wombs. They are on the hunt for the children as well. There's no limits. There's no limit with the enemy. There's no limit with the enemy. Just like God has a plan, like I said in my previous episode one, God has a plan for us just as well as the enemy has a plan for us. Again, he's not just outside. He's literally everywhere. Why? Because he's a spiritual demon. And no, you can't see him until he manifests physically using a human being's vessel to carry out his assignment. Us adults, as well as our children, can become full of self-pity. We can feel beat down by the enemy. We can become fearful, doubtful, insecure, stressed, depressed, lonely, confused, worried, and hopeless by our thoughts which is the enemy's planted thoughts and voice that he has taken us captive with. Let's teach ourselves and our kids to rebuke the spirit of heaviness by seeking God and reading his word and putting on our garments. 2 Corinthians 10.5 states, And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if we have any devilish, low vibrational, demonic thoughts, thoughts of suicide, thoughts of unworthiness, thoughts of we'll be nothing, that we don't have anything, thoughts of lack, thoughts that don't nobody love us. Take those thoughts captive. As God said, as his word said, defeat the enemy and he will flee from you. Defeat the enemy. Know his tactics, know his plots, know his plans, know that he will use anybody around you know that adults go through it know that children aren't exempt from it and with that being said tune into today's episode two of setting the captives free and the title is parents what are we breeding in our homes what are we breeding within our children are we preparing them emotionally and mentally to defeat the enemy Stay tuned. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Setting the Captives Free. If you're new here, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back, family. Today we will be... Going into episode two of Setting the Captives Free. And this one would be more so for the parents. And the title of this episode is Parents, What Are We Breeding Into the World Today? Now, this episode is a spinoff 
from episode one. Again, parents and young adults and guardians, what's being breeded from your home? Your home meaning you. What kind of children are you breeding and birthing and raising from your house, your household? I'm asking because there are some kids that come from your house, the foundation that you laid emphasis on you because we know kids don't pay bills. They don't run the house. Now, some kids do run their house and that's a whole nother conversation, but um, nor do they mark head of household on income tax papers for working all year and taking care of them themselves. So you, the parent. Is who I'm asking this for. This is your foundation that you are building. These are the kids that you are raising. What type of children are you raising? And from episode one, or are we just babysitting our kids? We think that school, when we send them off for seven, eight hours of school, and we go to work and they come home, and that's enough. That's not enough because schools aren't even teaching them the real deal about life. They're not even getting them prepared for real life. They're throwing mess in their face and calling it school. Okay, basic math, English, reading, writing, all of that is good. But when it comes to history, when it comes to um, finances, when it comes to learning money, learning a lot of other things, the school are cutting it way 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 too short so when they get home from school no it's not enough to just send them to school yes there is extra learning that needs to be done and coming from the home physically emotionally mentally verbally and spiritually what are you producing and sending out into this world i know some are saying what do you mean and some know where i'm going But to clarify as parents, are we raising God-fearing children or kids who don't know God, who he is, what he did, and the power and authority that he has? What are we raising and letting out into this world? Children of God, respectful children, honest, loving, kind, risk takers, accountable kids, kids of wisdom, hope dreams knowledge kids of responsibility and righteousness kids of high confidence kids that know who they are and whose they are are we raising whole kids kids that are whole emotional available kids kids that speak kids that speak their feelings and emotions they can communicate with their mouths not with their hands and other objects and anger Are we raising children of discipline, structure, and good qualities? Kids that can think for themselves or is the parents or is the parents, friends, and the world going to think for them? Are we raising negative kids, toxic kids, narcissistic kids, unaccountable kids, low confidence, low self-esteem kids, deceitful kids, chaotic kids, kids that sow seeds of discord and not peace? Division, not unity, because it all starts at home. Now, I'm not saying that everybody is raising such and such kids. I'm just asking, what type of seeds are we sowing into our kids? Are we even sowing seeds into our kids? Or do we think that them going to school is enough? 
Are we letting school, the teachers, and, you know, we get on them from time to time when they get home and tell them what to do and clean this up and, and do this and do that. But what type of information about life are we instilling in them? That's why I just ask, what kind of kids are we raising? Not to attack anybody. We're just having a conversation. Because if we can look at this world today and what's going on in it, we as parents play a big part in how these children are turning out. We play a big part. We have to be accountable and take some type of responsibility in the way that our children of this world are turning out. Uh, That's probably like a hard pill to swallow. A lot of people don't like to face the truth and the facts of our life, but it's true. We as parents play an important role in who these kids become, how they turn out, whether that's good or bad. We have a lot to do with that. So I'm not attacking anyone. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm just asking and I'm just having a conversation. Maybe it's an uncomfortable conversation, but it's a conversation that needs to be had. What are we raising out here? What are we doing? What are we instilling in our kids? What type of seeds are we sowing in our kids? What are they looking at every day when it comes to us as parents, when it comes to us and our relationships with the opposite sex or with whatever that they're seeing on a daily basis when they get home, when they're at home? when they leave like uh, all of that matters in the development of that child do we speak life into them reassure them do we pray with them and for them do we teach them even when we think that a lot of things is common sense are we raising bare minimum kids disrespectful kids because if they don't respect their parents when they get out into the world they aren't gonna respect authority either are we raising fear-based kids that'll be scared to show up in the world and take risks because we didn't project all of our fears onto them telling them what they can't do that's not possible that's hard how you gonna do that how you gonna get the funds to do that are we turning down everything that they bring to us every idea even if it's not realistic for them right now when they bring us something that they're speaking passionately about or something that makes their eyes grow big when they talk about it how are we responding is we is we as parents turn down their imagination already early in life Constantly telling them, no, that's impossible. Or are we speaking life into them? Yes, a lot of parents are going to say, yes, they speak life into their kids. But y'all, if we can be honest, it's still a handful of parents that don't speak life into their kids. Everybody can say, yeah. But if you look at this world, we still have a handful of parents and children that don't have that type of relationship that isn't getting what what they need from their caretaker. A lot of parents ain't speaking life into their children. Some is and some ain't. Some being a voice for the ones who ain't. And for the ones who are, tops off to you. Thank you. Because we need more of this in this world. We need to speak more life into these kids and tell them they can be more than what they're seeing out here. More than what social media is telling them that they can be. But anyway, like I said, I'm not attacking. We're just having a conversation. Are we as parents equipping our kids, 
I could go on and on, but the kids we birth are a reflection of us, good and bad. If we ain't save, sowing the right seeds, if we ain't sowing the right seeds, if we're not putting in the work at home after work, then our kids are getting the short end of the stick. Then when they enter the world with everything they was taught and not taught, they end up in situations beneficial or not beneficial for them. If we don't speak life into our children and let them know who they are and whose they are, then when they get out into the world, they'll be followers and conformers, not free thinkers. And the world will tell them who they are and who to be and who they can be and can't be and how to be it. The world will raise our kids in areas we didn't. We have to raise our kids mentally, teaching them how to think for themselves, not just constantly thinking and doing for them, spoiling our kids. Technology is already doing it for them and us. We already don't even have to think about a lot because technology is taking over. Are we teaching them the difference in positive thinking? So when I talk mentally, how are we preparing, preparing them and raising them mentally? Are we teaching them the difference in positive thinking and negative thinking and how to redirect their thoughts? Are we teaching them about their belief system and the plot and the part that they play in it, which is who and what they become based off of their thinking habits? Your thinking can make you or break you. And we all know that. We know that if we think negative, if we think negative about about a lot of things, then we know we're going to get more negative. If we think positive about a lot of things, we can see more solutions and positive outcomes. We all know that. So are we raising our kids? Because us as adults are just learning this in our adulthoods. Some of us are just learning this in our 30s. So everything that we are learning right now, we should be instilling in our children. They are old enough to understand. They get it. All we have to do is have a conversation. Are we teaching them how to put two and two together? How to problem solve by thinking first. Thinking before reacting. How to weigh their problems. How to think about and choose what's best for them. Just a few just a few topics that I wanted to touch on mentally. I can't go into everything mentally, which we know psychologically everything goes into it. So I just wanted to just throw out a couple to see and to give examples of are we preparing them mentally for this world? When things get hard for them, when they are overthinking and overanalyzing, are we helping them to problem solve, how to narrow it down? Are, are we really helping them to use their brain in a productive way t- to where it won't get the best of them or where they won't give up or whether they won't, you know, succumb to the thoughts of the enemy mentally? Because we know the enemy takes over mentally as well. The enemy will come in and feed us a million thoughts that isn't true. Are we teaching them the power of our thoughts? And what we give life to when we think things. Are we redirecting them? That's what I mean. Just a couple. Emotionally. Are we teaching them how to identify emotions? 
what it is that they're feeling. Letting them know that their feelings are valid. We as parents have to be emotionally available for them as well so that they can be emotionally available as kids and adults. A lot of men and women think that it's kind of weak to show emotions or express their feelings, let alone let alone talk about them with their friends, mates, and families. Too many men and women are telling young people and preferably, not preferably, I can't even say the word right, but Mainly telling young men that crying is weak and quit all that weak ass crying. You always crying. You acting like a little girl. You acting like so. Not only are we telling them that feeling what they're what they are feeling is weak and it's not. That's not how you feel, and it's weak to feel that way. And then you acting like a girl if you feel that way. Y'all are snatching these kids' emotions from from them. We are all human. Men and women, we are human and we have feelings. We have a heart. We feel things. That's how we know the truth regardless of what people say because we feel it. Whether it's good or bad, we feel things. No wonder instead of being sensitive or managing our feelings in an appropriate way, men... And boys automatically jump to anger and cursing and can't even verbally vocalize what they're feeling. They just walk away and don't want to talk about it no more. They just end the conversation. They don't want to talk about it no more. Why? Because they've been told that this weak. They've been told that their feelings are, are not valid. They have no safe space. And that's for women and men and children. We have to allow people the safe space to feel what they're feeling without telling them that crying is weak. Men, stop telling little boys that crying is weak. I know we're trying to raise men, but we are also trying to raise emotionally available men. What that you know, crying, not crying and being mad didn't get y'all nowhere as adults either. It taught y'all how to not know how to communicate. So it's okay if a child is crying because they feel some type of way or their feelings is hurt. Just help them talk through it. Now, if they're just sitting around crying because they spoiled and they want something, then I understand. But give them the space, the safe space to say how they feel. You know, y'all as men, y'all care about how y'all feel too. And the moment people don't accept y'all feelings, y'all shut down. Give y'all children the same type of respect. That y'all want people to give y'all when it comes to y'all feeling. If everybody would show up for each other in this world and give each other the safe space to say how we feel. Because we have feelings. We have a heart. We all have tears. And a mind to think about what we're going through. If everybody would allow each other the safe space to say how they feel without turning them down, then this world would be a little bit better. And some of this anger will calm down and people will know how to communicate more. Than shutting down. Because we can't get in each other's head. And figure out what it is you're saying. How you feel or nothing. We have to communicate these things. So y'all telling them. Quit all that weak ass crying. Ain't going to get it. No what's weak is a man or a woman. That can't speak or communicate their feelings. Or what the problem is. We need to raise emotionally mature kids and adults. Starting with ourselves. 
Also, we need to identify in relationships. We need to be able to identify in relationships with siblings, parents, cousins, any type of relatives, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, coworkers, anybody, even ourselves. We need to be able to identify what we feel, how we feel, how things makes us feel. And if there's something we want to continue to feel, if not, then we need to start setting boundaries. And that's with anybody, family members and all. And I teach my kids this especially because family be the ones who think that they can get away with murder because you're their family. But uh-uh, we're not doing that over here. Everybody need healthy boundaries. We also need to teach the kids about toxicity and toxic behaviors, manipulation, narcissistic behavior gaslighting projecting scapegoating guilt tripping and shaming all all of these are emotional and mental abuse whether people are doing it to them them to others we all need to be held accountable and hold others accountable and deading those negative behaviors behaviors that lead to negative emotions sadness depression mental and emotional wars and breakdowns And if you are a parent that is displaying any of those negative behaviors as far as gaslighting, narcissistic behavior, manipulation, projection, scapegoating, guilt tripping, and shaming, then y'all need to stop it because it's not cool. That's emotional abuse, which sticks with them all the way into their adulthood. And when they get older and be able to tell you about yourself, don't be mad. Because as children, children don't, sometimes they're not given the space to be truthful about how they feel and how parents make them feel when they say certain things. And parents say, don't talk back to me. You better respect me. It is a uh, respect. But sometimes parents seem to think that when kids come with honesty and say how they feel, it's disrespecting them. No, ma'am. Reevaluate yourself and check yourself out. Your kids ought to be able to come and talk to you and talk about whatever just happened. And y'all can agree to disagree and y'all can work that out amongst ourselves. But parents quit telling kids to stop being so disrespectful and don't talk back to me. And what I say go, listen, when you get grown, them kids going to be able to come back and talk about it and say how they felt. And then you're going to be in denial saying, well, this and that and well, this and that. No, we're going to open the floor to communication now. Old parenting ways are out the door. That stuff did not work. Now we are 30 years old, relearning, unlearning, redoing, and staying away from toxic parents and families and friends and everybody else. We not having it no more. And I'm sure we don't want our daughters and son suffering from narcissistic abuse and manipulations in their relationships with anybody. We know how that feels. We know what that does and we know how it feels. And we know how hard it is to escape people with those type of behaviors. It becomes so normal for some people as well that that's all they know and they grow into that. So don't be a manipulative and narcissistic parent and rub those ways off on your kids and then they go out into the world and do those same things and sow those same seeds even with that some parents and family members aren't even aware of their manipulated some parents aren't aware of their manip- manipulation and narcissistic ways and those that are are the ones 
who don't see nothing wrong in what they're doing. So when you bring it up or talk about it, they're offended. They feel attacked. They're in denial. And they're telling you that that's not true, basically calling you a liar. And they didn't make you feel how they made you feel. Their behavior isn't accounted for first by them. So they sometimes never change. It's stubborn to change and don't receive the information to even be able to do better and to analyze themselves and evolve and transform. Some pass those ways down and behavior, they pass it down as well. But if they was to listen to people, when people would come to them and just say how that made them feel or that wasn't right, if they would be able to receive their information, they could, you know, be aware when they, when they do certain things and change it and become better for everybody. But we don't have a lot of people that do that. We have a lot of stubborn, you know, parents and stuff that don't like to listen to nobody. And what they say just goes. And it is who they is. You know how I am, who I, who I am you know how I am, which is it doesn't make it okay just because we know how people are. No, it still don't make it okay to be that way. And when it comes to mental and emotional abuse in the home and with children, only two things can come from that. And that's kids that, you know, feels like that has become their normal. That's a normal way of living and loving and think that's what love is. And then they grow up and they breed children in the same manner that they was bred and narcissistic and manipulation and emotional mental abuse. And they keep breeding generations and generations of that until somebody cut that off. Or they can grow beyond that and they can say, yes, I went through all of this. My childhood sucked and I would never be that type of parent. I would never be that type of person to anybody. And then they grow up and become better and raise better children. And they really, you know, beat the chance and the opposition of the enemy trying to instill in them those generational patterns and curses. And then they grow up and defeat it and become successful and better than their childhood. They grow up to be children and adults who are aware and more self-aware and apologetic in such incidences. If they do make a mistake and kind of like, you know, do one of those behaviors, they're able to identify, acknowledge and be accountable. So we can raise two type of children in those cases and send them out into the world. That's why I keep asking, what are we breeding? What are we raising and sending out into the world? Because it starts at home. A lot of this stuff that's going on at, I heard in this world, it starts at home. What type of kids are we breathing? breeding? That's, that's a hard truth. That's a real truth, too, because parents, we have to be accountable. And if you are doing such an amazing job as a parent's hats off to you, I congratulate you. We need more of us out here. We have to spend more time with these kids, raising these kids mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. It's a lot that we go through. Ain't no more sweeping stuff under the rug. It's time to start talking about stuff. It's time to start having therapy at home when we go through things, talking to our parents, but we have to be allowed the safe space to be able to talk about these things. We have to create as parents the safe space, the safe space for our children to be able to come and talk to us, dads and moms, guardians, whoever. 
Now, if you just got some immature parents and some parents that just stuck in their ways and stuck in the worldly ways and they just really life has really beat them down and they never learned and got back up from it so they don't even know that they're they are being held captive by the enemy and they just booming and raising kids that is just more like them then there's just a set of kids that's gonna be unfortunate in life because your parents are not even learning enough to identify the enemy and how the enemy is holding that family them their kids everybody captive just by those small behaviors that that's not behaviors of God. That's not behaviors of a good life. That's a that's behavior of a toxic life. That's a behavior of a not so kind life because you're gonna stay upset, sad, and mad about a lot of things living under those type of you know living under those type of um characteristics, I'll say. Emotionally raising kids also is not withholding love and affection and reassurance from them. Now, if you do withhold those things, that's emotional abuse too. Withholding love and affection from kids, that's emotional abuse. That's mental abuse because you got these kids that's going to be sad and they're going to be watching TV, seeing they seeing other kids get dropped off and kissed and hugged and told they love them by their parents. And then they're going to be like, well, why? My parents don't do this at home. Well, my folks don't do this and I don't get that. And it's, it's going to make them feel some type of way mentally and emotionally. That is That is mental and emotional abuse as well. Now, if you grew up parents and your parents didn't do that for you, then you should have been one that grew up and said, I'm going to do different by my kids. I grew up in a home where the emotional availability lacked. We never used to hug and um, we never used to always say I love you. Maybe when we was toddlers and infants and in kindergarten and up to fifth grade or something like that. But as far as back as I can remember, um, from middle school on up, we kind of lacked a lot of the um, emotional um, relationships that we needed. The emotional conversations, the reassurance, the love, the hugs, the affection, the touch. And um, yeah, my household kind of lacked that. And I'm not, you know... Um, I'm not embarrassed or afraid to admit that because I know that everybody go through things and some parents just do the best that they can with what they have and how they was raised. Some parents didn't know another way. That's all they was taught or that's all they received or, you know, it could be a, a, a number of reasons. But I know I grew up and it made me to, you know, be better with my children and more affectionate because I know what I needed. Emotional availability is important. Kids need to feel loved. They need to know that they're loved, be spoken love, receiving and giving love. No, it's not enough to just say, well, they know I love them or you know I love you. I ain't got to do all that and I ain't got to say all that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. It matters. It really matters. Some kids are fortunate to have this and some kids are unfortunate of this. Because they grew up in broken homes and parents are dealing with their own stuff, still finding their own way and searching to fill their own voice from their parents and love mates. So kids, again, get the short end of the stick in, parent, in the parents' pursuit of love and happiness. Not all, but most parents. If kids aren't getting the love 
that they need and they have voids that aren't being filled or seen to in their house they're gonna go looking for it outside of their homes and who knows where they're gonna get it from i knew somebody who said that they didn't get love in their house and they went outside and got all the love they needed from the streets from their gang members the streets showed them more love than they they were showed in their own home i actually heard somebody say this a number of times I knew somebody who I know a lot of people whose relationships is messed up with their parents because their parents didn't show up for them. They didn't get the love that they needed from their parents. A lot of kids are scarred from their parents and not getting what they needed from their parents because their parents in some type of way, way, shape, fashion or form did not give them kids what they needed. And this goes back into episode one. All of this stuff is just a spinoff of each other. The world is the way it is because we are breeding what we are breeding in this world, whether it is good or bad. A lot of kids grow up and don't get what they need and they get out here in these streets and they still don't get it. So they have to make a living for themselves. They have to make a way for themselves. And who knows by what way, all negative ways, taking it, robbery, thievery. Drugs, selling drugs, whatever. They go out and they get what they need. Why? Because they didn't get what they needed in the home. So they had to go outside and go get what they need or go take what they need. And then they become the type of kids that don't give a F about nobody's feelings but themselves. Don't give a crap about nobody but themselves. Why should they care? Life was hard for them too. So they what they say, I got to get it how I live. We know. It's a lot of people going through these things and it starts at home. These kids aren't birthed into this world by themselves. They don't just fall out the sky and end up on the ground. And now all of a sudden they in the streets raising themselves. No, they come from a portal and that's the the portal from the mom. The sperm from the dad. And they come out of the womb and the portal of the mom into this world. So they have a parent, they have a mother when they get here. Now, what happened from the time they started growing up until how they got in the streets and how they ended up with no love, it starts in the home. It starts in the home. And then you have parents that don't even know how to do nothing with their kids. Let their kids get away with murder. Let their kids get away with everything and spoil them so bad. Let their kids talk back to them any kind of way. We have all type of stuff going on in these homes that don't nobody know about. Behind these closed doors. And then these kids get outside and they be disrespectful to all kind of other adults and parents. And then we be sitting on the outside looking like we know what's going on in their house. Because look how they acting. Look how they carrying themselves. Look at the characteristics. Now, sometimes we do be raising our kids the best that we can raise them. And then they go outside and still try to do and be hard because this is what they seeing on social media. And this is what their friends is doing. And this is what they think is cool. Yes, we do have like a percentage of kids that does that as well. Parents do try the best that they can to raise their kids and their kids do go outside and do what they see other kids doing. Just like they talk about with the suburban kids. You grew up in the suburbs. Boy, you got everything you needed and wanted. Girl, you got everything you needed and wanted. But they weren't enough for you. You wanted to go live the, the thug life, the rough life. Baby, you weren't even raised like that. That ain't your background. What God to say you weren't raised like that? That ain't your background. But social media is a big influence. Peer pressure is a big influence. The environment that we are raising our kids in is a big influence. 
the home that we are raising our kids in is a big influence. The men and the women that we bring around our kids is a big influence. What we are doing in their face is a big influence. They don't go off what we say. They go off what they see us doing. How they see us acting. What we find fun in. And if we ain't sowing good seeds, then guess what? Them kids ain't got no good seeds to go off of. We're not planting good roots. The Bible says, train up a child in a way they should go on. When they grow older, they won't part from it, depart from it. That is very true. Whether you're raising them up biblically, righteously, to know right from wrong, it all matters. What type of seeds are we sowing in our children? What What is we doing at home as parents? Like, it's not enough to just send them to school and, and get home and not teach them about life and the truth about life. These kids understand and this world is getting more wicked. It's time for us to start having conversations, uncomfortable or not. I tell my kids everything I've been through. We talk about everything because guess what? They're going to one day go through some things too. And I want my kids to be able to have been equipped to be able to handle some of this stuff. They come from any direction, any person, any relative. We talking about it all. I was young when I had my kids. So guess what? Me and my kids, we growing together. We learning and we are growing together. We doing this thing together. I'm learning and relearning on my own. And everything that I'm learning and relearning, guess what? I'm teaching my kids. My kids going to be ready for whatever when they get out here. If I have to leave before my kids, my kids going to know how to stand on their two feet. They going to know my mama would have said this or said that. Or this ain't love. That ain't love. You don't treat people like that. My kids going to know it all. My kids going to know about life. They're going to know about finances. They're going to know about friends and family. They're going to know about how to feel emotional, emotionally available. They're going to be emotionally available. They're going to be, they're going to have some mental clarity. And yes, we all overthink. And they're going to know how to handle themselves too because I'm teaching them how to un- unlearn, rethink, and think for themselves critically. How to make the best decisions. And I teach my kids about accountability if they make the wrong choice. I teach them that this is their journey. I'm living mass right now and I'm grown. I'd have made it through school. Whatever choice that they make is on them. I'm teaching them that. But we're going to stop right here for today. I have to go to work. Um, On the next episode of Setting the Captives Free, we will still be spinning off from episode two as well. And we will talk about raising our kids verbally. And spiritually and physically. We done did mental and emotional today. And we just threw out enough. But on next week's episode, we will talk spiritually. We will talk verbally. And we will talk physically. I hope that this episode brought some insight for us to start making changes in our household if we need to and if we're doing good then hats off to you thank you from the bottom of my heart because it does take a village it takes love out here to raise these kids appropriately it takes love out here and our kids need to know what that is and what it's not our kids need to know how to act and how not to act our kids need to be accountable for the choices that they make in our presence and outside of our presence but how do they know if we're not instilling in them the right things if we're not sowing the right type of seeds and having real life conversations if you choose this route this is the only three four five options that can come out of it if you choose this route these are the options that can come from that When you get lost in overthinking, 
You can make your situation worse by constantly overthinking. Pray about it and give it to God. Narrow it down to the best solutions for you. The type of conversations that needs to be had, this stuff is very important. Kids making decisions out here today to go steal all type of cars. To go do all type of things. They making decisions on their own because guess what? Ain't no parenting. Parenting in them households of these kids that's taking all these cars. And baby, these kids is 12 and 13 and 14 and 15. These kids are getting younger and younger stealing these cars out here and doing all this dirt and stuff. We still got grown-ups that's doing it, but they know better now. And you can't really save a lot of them because they stubborn. They it's gonna take a lot of uh it's gonna take some stuff to happen to the adults before they get it. But the kids, we can still save them. All we need to do is speak life into them, show them that somebody care about them and it starts in the home so if kids if y'all got a rocket foundation in y'all homes then straighten it up put love back in the house put some teaching back in the house put some real parenting and raising in the house don't just let social media raise these kids don't just let the social media and the tvs and the games you might cut some of that off sometimes and have real conversations let these kids know what's up let these kids know when you're not feeling good or when you kind of, you know, feeling low. So you're not just screaming at them and they don't know what's going on because you're having a bad day. Just let them know I'm having a bad day. It was rough. And if they and if they ask you what's going on, talk to them about it so they can know how to how to handle certain situations. Don't just say nothing or nothing. Come on, man. We got to school these kids at home, too. Stop acting like they don't they don't deserve to have these type of conversations because they kids. Yes, they do. They need them. They need them. We all need them. You don't wait till they get grown and start trying to have these conversations. Baby, they already had their mind made up. Social media, the word, and I already taught them how to do this and, and said this is the way to do No, ma'am, I would rather my kids learn from me. The goods, the bads, the ups and the downs. Before I let the world tell them. I know how I'm raising my house. The world ain't going to tell me how to raise my house. Ain't nobody outside of my house going to tell me how to raise my house and my kids. I know what I'm breeding. What are you breeding? Come on, y'all. Let's do better. And if we already doing better, let's keep doing better. In closing, it's been wonderful. The conversation has been wonderful. I hope you all enjoyed it. And again, I wasn't attacking anybody. I'm just opening up the floor to have a conversation about what are we doing? What are we breeding? We need to be breeding risk takers, kids that ain't afraid to go live out their dreams. Kids that say, I got a dream. Mama, I want to do this when I get old. Dad, I want to do this. I want to be this when I get old. That's right, baby. You can be anything you want to be. Don't shoot them down. Lift them up. Make time for them. Hear them out. Give them love, hugs. They need it. We still need it as adults. The kids and us adults, the kids and us adults still cry out for some of the things that our parents didn't give us. So if we still need it as adults, our kids most definitely need it because we didn't get it when we were children and we still in search for it. That's why our kids getting the short end of the stick and not getting it from us because we still searching for it. That's why we got to heal so we can be able to give those things to our kids. We're not raising no more broken children. They got to heal. And they 25 through 30s and even 40s. They're still healing. 
We got to do better. We got to open up the floor for the conversations, the hard conversations. So if it's weird, get it out. It's better out than in. I love you guys. It's been a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful conversation. I'm glad I'm getting this out. We will tune back in with episode three, spinning off of episode two. And with that being said, I love you guys. I hope to see you back. And just let me know what you think from this episode, what you got from this episode. Was it helpful? Was it not helpful? I want to know everything. I like to be critiqued. Talk about me. Say whatever y'all want. I need it all, okay? I don't mind. I'm not afraid of being critiqued or, or none of that. I'm not afraid of being critiqued. It helps me to be a better person. It helps me to do better. It helps me to give y'all more of what y'all need. If y'all want to continue to talk about it, if y'all got some questions, I want to hear it all. I thank you all for tuning in. And on another episode of Setting the Captives Free, because guess what? Pharaoh going to let our children go. Pharaoh going to let us go. God said, Pharaoh, let my people go. And what other way for him to let us go? By us learning his tactics, his ways, and every way that he is holding us captive. Mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. We just talked about mentally and emotionally. And if you got a household that's going through all of that stuff, then there's an enemy in there. Spin off from one, from episode one. There's an enemy present. If you got a lot of chaos going on in your house and y'all are not sowing good seeds within each other. Come on. We got to set each other free. We got to set the captives free. Pharaoh got to let us go. In order for Pharaoh to let us go, we have to be mindful. We have to be self-aware. We have to be accountable. And we have to cut out the nonsense. We have to cut out all the ways that the enemy can imprison us. Because, yes, we play a part in that too. He only comes and tempts us. He can only do so much. We do the rest. So, Let's learn up on, you know, what we need to know in our tactics so the enemy can let us go. So the enemy can set us free. And he's not going to set us free easily. We actually have to yank ourselves free. We have to break free. Because, baby, he'll have us caged up all our life if it was up to him. So we have to break free. But tune into another episode of Setting Up Captives Free. I love you all. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Mm-hmm.